What's going on, Bedspurters? We are back for another week of DFS Bedspurt Golf Breaking Downness, and I have got yet another wonderful guest that I've yet to have on the show with me, and his name is Andy Molitor. How the hell are you, brother? Good. I was just regaling Byron with tales of uh, how good I've done in DFS this year. It's been limited play because I am awful busy, but with fewer and fewer football games every week, I said, you know what? I'm going to get into more DFS this week. And then I got smacked in the face with, oh, yeah, hey, buddy. Yeah, if you want to do that, you better find some time right now because tournament starts a day early. Yeah. this. I mean, how, how many years have they been doing this? And it still just sneaks up on me. One year is not long enough to remember this kind of stuff. It's for, no. for people like you and I. It's, we need everyone else around us to, to take care of us, you know. Otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll show up on a Wednesday night and try and build some lineups and – and it's just not not available. So if you haven't already paid attention to that, we are starting golf tomorrow, folks. So yeah. that's a that's a news flash. But it's the it's the farmers insurance open, Andy. Um, do you like this tournament at all or what's your vibe on this? Yeah, it, it has taken a little bit of getting used to the because and granted we had a really big wrench in the wrench in the equipment there with the, the COVID year where the, the schedule got all off whack, but it felt like we were starting to get into a cadence back to normal. And you kind of got a feel for, you know, the, this kind of tournament is uh, it's, it's at this part of the calendar and it's right before a major. And here's the kind of people that show up to this golf tournament, you know, like, Hey, I need to win to get into Augusta, or I just need to uh, keep my tour card or, you know, certain, yeah. certain events, drew certain crowds and then now with the elevated events and then even some of these spots where the week before an elevated event you're seeing just all kinds of different types like even last week was a really good example that's not the kind of field you saw in the amex in previous years completely different so yeah that, that has taken some getting used to and i've uh, you know i keep notes over the years for every golf tournament i have a, just a i don't know how long how big they let you get uh, google docs but that one's starting to get pretty big at this point. <laughs> and uh, I'm just, runs, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just running out of space on that. I'm I'm gonna have to start to make some notes on like how this has changed uh, because of the elevated prices. And I mean, to anyone who plays one and done obviously has noticed that. It's like, oh, shoot, like you can make a lot more money going winning Riviera than you can any of the majors. You know, it, yeah. it's it's a it's a considerable amount of money. And yeah, we see a a semi top heavy field here at. Uh, Another one of these goofy tournaments. Yeah, I mean it's super top heavy with John Rahm sitting there eleven six. I mean, this is like finally he's he's priced to the point where you know people won't necessarily click him that much. But I think it's still going to happen. I think I just I I think it's inevitable. And I don't know. Uh, I saw DraftKings was giving like a two hundred point surge bonus that you could turn John Rahm into like plus six fifty if you ever wanted to do that from plus four fifty, but. At eleven six, man, I don't know. Like, what are you, what are you vibing with Johnny Ram yet? Because it's just, if you click his name, all of a sudden you you click on a bunch of other guys that have no business playing in this tournament, kind of thing. You know, it's just, it's really expensive. Yeah, you're kind of hamstringing yourself. I, I think I saw a tweet saying uh, it was eleven five last year was the highest price we saw during. I mean, probably mid spring, early early summer there, where it was peak yeah. Scheffler. I think he got up to eleven five. So this, yeah, it's an obscene number, and it really hamstrings you at that. You're at that point. You have to start really going and diving into, you know, the six K range and finding some guys who, 
you know, you, you look at it and if not every book hangs us, but you can go look at some of the sports betting odds and go look what the prices are on some of these guys to top 40 and then start extrapolating that out to how does that person end up and tied the, you know, the top 65 and ties over the weekend. Yes. And yeah, you're, you're really looking for like two guys to, to mash into that Aram lineup that can find a, you know, can find a cut line and just sneak inside there and maybe throw some, some streaks together um, on the, on the North course, I guess. I don't know. They're not going to be very good golfers. So it is, it is awful tough to, to do anything with that sort of, but that said, I mean, it's the kind of the same, it's the same problem you deal with every week. If you're putting in, if you're starting at the top and say, I'm going Fino, I'm going Shoffley for 10, five, 10, three, just not as much with those guys. It, it just exacerbates yeah. that to it's, a point where you're not looking at 68. You're looking at 62. 66. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. Is, and that's the problem, man. Um, I had a John Rom name, some names. To, I mean, like Trevor Cohn, <laughs> block. Yeah. I, I know who Kyle Stanley is. You don't want to play Kyle Stanley, buddy. That's yeah, for sure. Ben Crane, <laughs> ben Crane was in the golf boys video. That's a person I've heard of. So, yeah, it's, I'm not I'm not going to build any around Rob. Yeah, no, I I was thinking the same thing because it's my thing now. I just get burnt by John Rahm every single time I get on a podcast, and um, I faded him last week. And turns out we had Ron had him in his lineup and cashed himself a casual twenty five thousand dollars. So, yeah. shout out to Ron, my my co host, who's probably sitting on the couch now, busy cooking up another bunch of lineups and. He's going to retire. He's before he comes back on the show. He's going to be a millionaire, and just he's, he, it's just not ever going to be a thing anymore. I think he's going to have left and just turned himself into the most, you know, the most eligible married man in the world just from the couch. So, congrats, Ron. If you are watching, I'm sure you will be at some point. Uh, Twenty-five thousand dollar takedown was very nice to see from you. So, congrats on that one. But yeah, um, and um, just every week that we have something good, I'm just going to keep running specials so yes yes ron ron takedown equals 25 dollars off and i normally last week we did the special until tea times started uh on the amex on thursday but since it's an early week i yeah. said hell just run it yeah. and it's a smaller discount this week so just run it i'm just running it through the weekend so yeah full full go on that i mean just check over at bedsports.com if you want to get all of ron's dfs articles throughout the throughout the weekend because he writes up not only his DFS article today for the tournament, but he does showdown lineup articles every day. Those also include uh, what he's betting round by round and also includes some stuff as far as here's some guys I might be looking at. If you, you know, if you're the kind of person who doesn't bet a lot outrights and you like to add during the tournament, he always has some ideas during round two and three for some live ads, including uh, Siwoo was was uh, one of those people in his articles a couple weeks ago when he did take the tournament down. He he tipped him at fifty to one, I think, during round two. So always something to check out. And yeah, you can get all that stuff for a discounted price right now. Yeah. So we'll one of us will have to take something down for fifty k this week, so we can give the people. I know. I feel like off. I need something. I need something bigger here. So yeah, it's it's up to us now. Because I mean, what uh, Noonan took down Siwoo as well, I think, and and runs. Took down the GPP. And, so and you, you know what my turn was? I had gone pretty heavy on Colin week one. At oh god damn yeah. at the, at yeah, the, I, know. the I, I, I think I think I only clicked three names the whole week and he was like my first one. And uh, I mean I had I mean I had that money spent, guys. So I, oh, a god. lot of pain, but I'll get I'll get it back in DFS this week, I guess. Yes, so. let's do it. I'm totally down. 
um shall we shall we jump in so are you yeah do you know who you're kind of highlighting for for kind of a player profile you're just going to kind of click names you like this week what's your kind of strategy that you're kind of rolling out this week so I, I do think in the, my DFS strategy, and I'm not super successful outside of uh, some of the tournaments I've been able to take, like I'm, I'm kind of a hit or miss guy where I'll hit it and get my balance way up and then piss it all away and then get it <laughs> a little more. So I'm, I'm a slow grower with my DFS, but I don't treat it as a, this is the kind of profile I'm looking for. Because like okay. we mentioned, um, you know, with, with let's even just say a, a Xander build or a Tony build, you're still going to need some 6K guys. Like yeah. my my 6K guys cannot be the same profile as my you know my core stats, my guys I'm looking for this week because those are guys I'm looking for to to peak a little. Like they need to peak to make the cut. Yeah. So those you know I, I have like here's what I want out of my my big guns. Here's how people who can win the tournament, people with really high ceiling or high ceilings, high floors. And then I kind of look at it a little differently when I'm looking at six and seven K guys to fill out lineups. And I mean, you know, my, my general thoughts for, you know, what I've done with outrights and kind of what I've done with, uh, you know, you know, looking at my, my horses, my, my people I'm building stuff around is, you know, a lot of the stuff you'll see in Ron's preview, I tended to agree with him a little more than I sometimes do this week. It is, you know, it's guys who have distance and accuracy off the tee. And then, I mean, it's awful nice. Everyone likes a, it's a second shot course and iron play and long irons and greens and regulations, but the greens are just small. Like, even the best guys are going to need a little bit of assistance from their chipping, from their around the green. I mean, mm -hmm. just general short game and then, you know, putting on this faster surface too. So just uh, kind of looking for a skill set built around that. I have a lot of, uh, a lot of love for like Homa and Sungjae and, you know, just even, you know, even just the good, good iron guys are always going to pop on stuff like this, despite the greens being a little tougher to hit. It's, you know, you, you can't hit Zal and, and Morikawa. And honestly, I have, uh, some Matsuyama kind of love in uh, in a week like this. And then I have had a little trouble with the, the low, low price guys so far, but I've kind of got it. I've kind of figured out at the top and in the middle so far, I've just, uh, I've started to starting to look into my contest selection at this point now. Cool. Yeah. There's a, there's an 18 entry max uh, for $10 a pop, which I really like as a, a nice contest. If you want to get into that, it's, it's, a pretty nice and affordable if you just put in like five lineups or whatever and just it pays out really good you know you don't have to hit the nuts to get any any return there you can can just finish inside the top 20 and still make a decent chunk so that's just one suggestion i would put out there for you but yeah i i did a john rom full lock at the mexico open and i still ended up losing money he won the tournament i had him in all my lineups and just couldn't figure out the guys at the bottom. That's the thing. Like, yeah. if you're going with John Rahm this week, you're going to be dealing with that same problem again. And for me, uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be really high owned. And God forbid he he's he's won two tournaments in a row, Andy. I mean, what is the chances he wins a third? Right? Like that's like hardly ever been done in history. You know, like only like DJ I think was the last person to do that a, a few years ago. So. It's a it's a very difficult thing to do. We're going to a course that he's going to absolutely crush, obviously. Um, but I think from a lineup construction point of view, if you want to get go balanced, I think you're going to get different already. You know, like without having John in your lineup, I think you're good to go. So I'm I like I like Colin. He's 
you know, I think a lot of people that were on him or whatever, yourself included, might not necessarily be a big fan of him, but um, this week, because he doesn't have that distance and stuff, but it looks like his game's kind of turned the corner a little bit over the break. So especially if he's going to be one of the less popular guys, yeah, I really like him. And um, I'll, I'll add him in with Tony. I'm a, I'm going with Tony instead of Ram this week. I'm going to save myself 1100 bucks. Like you said, I'll rather spend on a six, nine guy versus a six, two. And uh, I mean, $1,100 is a lot of money between the two top golfers in the field, man. So Tony's played good golf at, at Torrey Pines many times. He's won also three tournaments in his last 10. So what do we like? Tony's on a roll right now. And I think he's going to bounce back. You know, we saw him struggle at Mayakoba and then he bounced back the next week and won it. And I think he, he had a bit of a tough time last week, not necessarily getting inside the top 10, but I think this course suits him. What do you, you think Tony's a good one? Yeah, I'm always been a Tony guy. Obviously, it's a good course fit. Uh, I really out of out of the Finau, Shoffley, Morikawa, you know, section if you want to call it that. Even putting in Zalatoris, maybe I I do kind of like uh, Xander to save a couple hundred extra bucks. I think I'll I'll probably do some where I start with all three of those guys. But Xander, it's funny. The only thing the damn Twitter sphere is talking about as an injury to Patrick Mahomes. So it's funny that Xander was like, that was our golf injury. It was like, Oh, I don't know. Like he, is he hurt? Is he fine? You know, it was one of those where, and Noonan brought up a good point about this this morning. We said like, well, he entered a tournament where he can't just eject on, on Friday and say, well, my back's not feeling good. I'm, I'm just going to go out there and, you know, muscle out these last 18 and go home. Like yeah. he, if you enter it, you're, and you can always withdraw, but he signed up for a tournament where you play three before the cut. He had to be feeling pretty decent. It felt like a lead up to this one. So I think, yeah, if, if that's the sort of uh, play you're going to get out of Xander, he's probably priced correctly in a lot of these markets and maybe should be right there with Tony, if not above him. So I'm going to, uh, anything I do, I think I'm going to do like uh, five to 10 lineups and it's going to be, I mean, you know, if I do 10, it'll be four start with Tony, four start with Xander, two start with Colin kind of thing for my, okay. for my top down build. And I just, yeah, Colin's distance. I know he's great with his irons and we've saw, we've saw what he can do already this season, but I'm going to lean more towards the two spendier guys. Cool. So I have a, a random question about Xander then it, with a back injury coming into an event like this, he played at the American express, which was a course that had like, rough that looks like your front yard yeah. um, once it's mowed. Now, goes to Tori, back injury, and he's going to be having to heave out of that rough for four days. You know, I, I'm just speculating, you know, throwing a little bit of, of uh, some thoughts out there, but a thick, rough golf course requires a lot of aggression and, and force through impact to get the ball out of there. And if your back's a little niggly, you know, you never know if it could flare up or not. So I'm kind of I'm kind of going to go with Colin and Tony in, in that respect because I just I have to give no, myself a reason not to play a guy, right? Yeah, it's it's fair fair play because not only is that you know the the rough was just dead grass, it's like just dormant dormant yeah. turf grass last week, and now you're turning you're going to the jungle. It's just yes. rained and rained and rained, and I mean unless they mow this daily, it's going to be pretty long. And you know, probably Friday and Sunday you're going to see some some. Nice tall rough, and it's gonna Gnarly be hard to stuff. hit through. Like you said, the speed, the strength you need to get through there. So that's that's fair play. Maybe I, maybe I uh, take one of those Xander lineups and turn it into a, a Morikawa or just more okay. Finau. I think yeah. I agree with you. I'm 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 in love with Finau, especially here. 
Me too. I, I like he's he's like a miniature arm right now, and I don't think he's getting the love he deserves. So I think we'll take advantage of that a little bit um, and roll with him. All right. So if you're going to roll with a, a, a cheaper Colin and a Xander, then you're probably going to want to play someone in the 9K range most likely. Um, who, are you look, who are you looking at here? we got Max Homer sitting at the bottom, Hideki at the bottom here. And we got JT who's going to be quite popular at 9400 bucks. I don't think he's ever been that um, low price before. And then Willie Z rounds out the top there. So it's kind of a small range. Um, a lot of good guys that you could actually almost even just start your lineup with here if you wanted to, if you really were interested in that kind of thing and, and see how it goes. So I'm a big fan of Max Home at this venue, you know, California kid, the whole shebang there with the, the home course narrative. And he's just playing insanely good golf right now. I mean, he, he finished T third after losing like two strokes to the field in the first two days of the tournament of champions and then finished T three. So just win nuclear on the weekend so i'm all about max homer um taylor montgomery is also going to be a guy that's mega popular at this kind of venue and just he's he's the next camp smith man he's just once he gets his irons figured out oh boy i don't know if he ever will but he's a definite dfs play for me so I, i'm not sure if i'll play him as a winner ever but i like him i like him big time for um for this week so yeah walk me through your your, your thoughts here in the 9k range yeah, and that, that was the guy I was going to bring up was Montgomery. Is I, you know, I did a betting show this morning, talked to Noonan, and we just said, hey, uh, I mean, all the all the names we've already talked about, these big guns, these multiple-time winners, the field is pretty tough. It's a, it's a tougher test here. He's great. I think he's going to win maybe more than once this year. If he enters some some easier tournaments, he might just take out a, take out a bad field because he's, he's pretty good. I, I just need to see... I'm waiting on some numbers to come back on some, I get some ownership numbers from someone and I, that I trust a little better than, and if it's too high, I might have to lean away from this, but I just, my, my first thought, and I don't look at ownership numbers. I look at the ranges and see who else is around them and how popular I think. And the fact that Thomas, Sung JM, Homa are right there next to him. I was hoping that would temper the Montgomery ownership. I don't know. How do you how do you think this ownership comes in on him as popular as he is just like in in everything betting golf? Uh, you know, people are using him in one and done already. It's nuts. Yeah. No, I I think you spot on. I think he's going to be one of the more popular guys in this range. And it's because he's he's got all the stuff. He's got the distance off the tee, which I think people are big on. And he's he's putting lights out now and showing people that. But he's, he's finished outside the top 20 once in like 14 or 15 starts, which is if you want a better guy and have him in your player pool and he's top 20-ing 90% of his starts, I mean, why, you know, like he's like an auto-click essentially. So, yeah, he's probably going to he's gonna be heavily owned. But that's the thing, you know, there's only, Andy, there's only like a handful of guys that can like contend at this golf course. And he's built like one of them, right? You, you can't have a short-hitting guy out here that's in any of these ranges so you really got to bank on on guys that and pick your spots to go and i think you're right i think he's going to do good um and, and sometimes it turns to a spot where he's just well this is good chalk and hmm. if you're able to you know some, some people build their lineups based around i'm i'm going to find a median ownership projection that i think this guy comes in at and i want all of i want all six of those ownerships to add up to here Yes. So, you know, in a Montgomery lineup, I'm going to try to be using guys in the 7K range that are lower owned relative to people around their price ranges to kind of temper that. Because, like, if I if I start a lineup, Tony, 
you know, if it's, it starts Tony Montgomery, yeah, I'm at a pretty a high ownership rate. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the rest of those are going to have to be pretty zigzaggy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is it's definitely doable. You know, I think a lot of the ownership is going to levitate to the top here, where everyone feels comfortable, and then just take their chances with, you know, guys at the bottom. Where I think you can you can really, if you do a balanced build and start maybe somewhere and just leave those top guys out and just get a whole bunch of good dudes that are sitting in that ten to fifteen percent ownership range, maybe, and sprinkling a few few guys that will get down to you in the in the in the eights. But yeah, I think Willie Z is going to be obviously very popular. Uh, it's an interesting, you know, he's going to go back to this venue again. I, I don't know if he's like a hundred percent right now. I don't know, you know, like we've seen two events and he hasn't necessarily been on Fuego or anything, but going to a golf course he already likes. So who, who knows? Um, yeah. If you liked him here last year, sorry. Like, I mean, he, sc he scored for you, but it, sh it should have been <laughs> a little better. Uh, hopefully we see some revenge. I did bet him to win this tournament this oh, week. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I, Max Homer and Willie uh, Z, man. I just see yeah. cards with them all Everyone day. has them, and I don't yeah. even care. Sal's revenge. Yeah. Um, so that would be nice. But, yeah, he's he should be pretty popular here. And, honestly, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of builds. It's just going to be, like, two popular guys for me that are, you know, it's Finau and – uh, Sung JM and Finau and Taylor Montgomery, and then it's going to be a lot of oh, yeah, and, and a lot of zigzagging towards the bottom for me mm -hmm. because it does kind of you know it's not the most top heavy field ever, but there does seem to be a pretty hefty drop off. Yeah, as you can yeah. see, all the all the Ryan Palmer love says so for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's actually done some incredible stuff at this golf course, man. It's it's insane how well he plays at this venue, no matter what kind of form he's in entering the week so and yeah i did mention that to somebody i was chatting with earlier i'm not a course history guy yes course history is bullshit guys almost always but i do take it into account here like yes. I, and i i said i said here augusta yeah augusta a, a memorial a little like there if it's a if it's a tough ass course or if it's like hey this is a course that sometimes gets played for a u.s open you know, they, these it's it does it does trickle into the model a little. Like, how have you played here in the past? The tricky part of it is you're you're waiting that, and you have guys in there who've never played here before, so it, right. it does make it tough to do some comparisons. But I do guy I do have to give guys bumps who've played well here in the past, and I mean it's just because of the nature of how this setup is and how tough this course can be. Yeah, I'm I'm the same with you there, Andy. I'm I'm typically trying to stay away from course history. It's I think about a guy who's playing well at the moment is going to play well in the next week, you know. But this course, man, it's shown that you can be hacking it around. Like getting into this next range, yeah, we've got Jason Day and Justin Rose, which are two absolute and Keegan Bradley. Those three guys have got pedigrees around this golf course that are are second to none in this range, right? And J Day is he's he's pushing like 25% ownership in this range too, which is insane because he's playing good golf. He's finally healthy ish and um, as healthy as he ever be and going to a golf course that he's played his best golf at ever. So it's, it's a, it's an absolute click there. Um, I don't know. Who are you liking in this range here? Because I've, like, I'm, I'm well, a big guys, Bradley guy. Yeah. I, I think of the three, it'll be more Keegan because of just, like especially if you're playing in, in bigger tournaments, like 
day day is going to be highly owned yeah. at that price with uh, what we saw last week and and the course history here. And I think Rose starts to approach that too. So those are those are tough ones, especially if you've started out like me, where I've put myself in a bad spot already by having a, a bunch of uh, high ownership already, and I'm I'm already starting to flail a little at having the chalkiest damn lineup in the world. So I would have to pivot more towards Keegan. And boy, yeah, I wish Noonan were here for this. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to tell him about this. It's, you just named like every golfer he loves here. To, <laughs> and and he knows damn well too that they're gonna be highly on. But yeah, just uh, when you see this sort of stuff, and this what makes this is what makes like long term form tricky. I talked about it this morning with Ryan was guys like Day and Rose that or any time that somebody does something like this, when when Spieth turned it around a little and started playing well, like when he won Texas the other year, and it's like, oh, he's like a full-on thing again. Like people yeah. make changes to – sometimes it's not even a change you hear about. It's just they do something mentally or – but, you know, equipment co- coaching, caddying changes, uh, workout lifestyle, what have you. Yeah. And suddenly they turn the corner. It's like, well, how do I, how do I reckon with this guy's long-term form? Because he's not the same golfer he was two months ago. And the well, same thing, can go, you know, same wrong. thing. Yeah. Same thing can go in reverse as far as like I mentioned Harris English looking at his long-term form. It's like, well, he's playing with that. His hip was half ripped off. And he came <laughs> back too early. Like I can't take those results into account. So I, you know, and that's why day and day and Rose are just so, well loved at this point because they're playing you know at a level that we've seen in the past and they have the pedigree they have the name and they have the the history and and for that reason i'm 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 using them very lightly i would use justin rose i think he's coming in from what i'm seeing here is like at half the ownership sitting around 10 percent. jason day oh really i I was expecting 15 to 18 if he comes in at 10 if Mm. uh if if that's right if that's where he's at that's that's lovely yeah uh and he's Uh, especially as a dollars cheaper than day so sign me up yeah, for some Justin go. Rose and Hayden Buckley as well. Another guy I'm definitely going to be clicking on. If you're looking for a guy that hits it far and straight, playing some good golf right now, guy I just finished T2, man. So um, sign me up for him. He's going to be in the fairway a lot, and he hits it really, really well off the tee. I, I love his game here. And he's one of the guys that I typically, you know, my model's not a big fan of him because of the long run stuff. But if you're playing DFS, I'm totally okay picking one tournament and just kind of basing my entire pick off that guy he played really well at the sony so I'm, I'm all about him and keegan and adam hadwin there's a nice little chunk of guys right here in this bottom 8k range that i'm all about this week especially if you you can almost like these three these four dudes can all finish inside the top 20 you know like if you want to just leave tony and ram alone and start with these four guys you're sitting at the same ownership as john ram for four people and they can collectively just try and get themselves into the top 20. It's it's a really random strategy. If you're going to throw like 20 lineups together, feel free to do, you know, something like that at some point. But it's it's just a, an interesting observation that I've noticed here. It's, there's, it's, it's starting to look like ownership in this range is going to get real clumpy to certain people, which you can really zigzag nicely through this range. Here, so. Yeah, and, and Hadwin, Hadwin's the guy I bet to win the tournament. I didn't bet very much on him, but yeah. I hate did not understand the price uh, in betting or DFS for him. What was his outright? Uh, I mean, uh, it, it was all over the board. Some like bet Chris had a 60, but there were 90s and 95s in the market. So I said, well, I, I mean, it's going to be a small bet, but I did bet some Adam Hadwin and he'll be in my player pool as well. He's just, yeah, uh, I, I, he came in incredibly high and in where I have stuff uh, looked at this week. And I'm just like, 
form, history, everything I took into account for like fit here. I didn't quite understand where he was at. And I, I would agree as well with Buckley. He was somebody that, uh, again, when I was looking this morning for outright betting, I, I looked at him and said, I can't quite do that. Like, uh, Adam had joined the party. I'm Adam Hedwins, Hayden Buckley was a bridge too far with John Rob. 121, dude. I know. I, I was close. I, I, I probably will be using him in, I will be using him in DFS. I'll be using him in matchup bets for sure. Because if he's, if he's sitting in that price range where he's around, you know, other guys that are, are, you know, similarly priced in DFS, and I haven't looked too close at matchups, but if I'm getting like, you know, kind of a Hadwin over Pendrith or Hadwin over Harris English kind of matchup. I'm definitely going to take some looks at that. So I liked him and, and uh, kind of in the same same price range, maybe maybe even the same ilk. Wyndham Clark is going to make some lineups. Really. And he's yeah. not the guy I, I, I mentioned a lot. I, I feel like I've been more of a Wyndham Clark fade over the years, but – yeah, I mean, just a b- bomber. The accuracy could get him, but it's one of those things when you take a bomber that you're kind of putting putting your your money in his hands and saying, just find a few more fairways than usual, or just don't end up in terrible terrible positions. But decent swing season, kind of a decent summer. Played well at some of the middling events, I suppose. And uh, yeah, he. I guess he made the cut here. That's kind of what I'm looking for again. And maybe, you know, if I, if I get a top 30 out of him, I guess I'd be happy, but I, I think, we, I think his ceiling's a little higher than that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just reading an article by uh, Joseph Lasagna or whatever. I don't know his, his last name, how to explain it properly, but um, he, he does strokes gain analysis for professionals. Like he'll individualize each guy's game mm-hmm. and he, and he broke down Tori and said, the the strokes gained you lose for going six inches off the fairway versus 60 feet is basically the same. So if you just want to absolutely launch nukes, you're not really losing any any additional strokes if you're missing the fairway by an inch or a mile. So that's kind of you know a typical bomb and gouge approach coming from a guy that's literally giving these professional golfers this kind of advice. So winning clock at this kind of a golf course, absolutely, you know, that makes a ton of sense. Um I like it. And I guess, you know, that's why Luke listed well, yeah. And then all of a sudden, putts well out of his mind. Uh, the week he, he hits the ball really well, too, at a course like this. So I'm off Luke list. I won't be on him. But, yeah. Um, no, and, and Wyndham Clark, decent scrambler. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's say we do have some some drives that go offline, but they're 25 yards, 30 yards further than uh, other folks are hitting the ball, maybe more if they're a shorty. But, uh, you know, and maybe you don't exactly find the green, but if the scrambling's fine there, I think I'm going to be fine with that. Yeah. This is, a, especially the south course, like, just give me a bunch of pars, find a few birdies, score on the five, stay out of trouble, use your distance, and I think at 79, he'll be in the, he'll be in the player pool. Right. He is. For yeah, sure, I is. know this. And he's, he's, it's your player pool. You decide who exactly goes in there. Um, he's, he's also pretty good on power, man, so... You gotta love that about a guy that's in this range. I think he's he's fifth in my model for putting on Poe over the last fifty years, uh, 50, 50 rounds. Um, I have a question that's for a you. Hell of a this is a long time, man. God, <laughs> rank against Sam Snead. Uh, so, question: It looks like on Thursday, which will be round two, uh, it's going to be a lot windier. What is your opinion on um, how do you go about assessing? 
having these two very different types of golf courses. You've got the North, which is easy, and the South, which is hard, not even medium. It's very hard. Would you want to be on a difficult golf course or an easy golf course when the wind's blowing? So I, I think that question really depends on what makes the course difficult. You know, it is, you know, and, and what makes, what makes Tory difficult, the length, the fact that it's going to be a little wet and it's going to play even longer, the small greens, the fast greens, despite the the wetness. So I think, again, if, if you're accurate off the tee, or if you're able to hit your long irons accurately enough where you're not worried about clubbing down in a few spots, I, I think I'd rather play the tough course in the wind and then just, bend the easy course over and just go to town. Like, just give me perfect weather. Let me go out there and score the shit out of the North course, take care of business. And I mean, we've seen that too. And trends are tricky, but a lot of the, like a lot of the wins we've seen here in the last 10 years have started on the North course. I talked about that earlier today about maybe it's a psychological thing of, because golf is so psychological and it happens between your ears more than it happens between your hands and the ground. And, you know, th these guys that get off to a really good start, it sometimes maybe it just gives them that confidence to go out and play well in the tougher course Thursday. And then also, I don't trust weathermen at all. Half the time we get this stuff, and it's not even that nasty. And, tr and truthfully, like, uh, you know, uh, I didn't see a really accurate uh, maybe projection of if it's going to be way worse in the afternoon. Usually, you know, winds kick up as it goes. Everybody's starting at a decent time because we have the split yeah. tea time. So it's not like there's a chance your guy is a a Thursday tea time and he's starting at like 3 p.m. You know, it's all early-ish tea time. Yes. So hopefully it's not it's not now. too bad, but I, I don't I don't know if there's a right answer to that. I think DFS people are gonna obviously, you know, you stack stack north course guys, but yeah, doesn't always work. You know, you and you, you can't just go six North coursers just for, just for, you know, grins. You still need to pick good golfers. Exactly. And I think it'll be interesting if you go with six South course guys to start off with. Your ownership be, will be, you're, you'll have yeah. like, I have 130% combined ownership. Good. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, I, I, I chopped, I got $3 and 33 cents with 900 other people. <laughs> exactly. So it's if you do that, you got to get very different. And that's when you start clicking on names that don't have any business making the cut. So it's interesting. And and like you said, if it gets if this course plays at 72 and you're missing a bunch of greens anyway, the windier it is, you're still going to be missing greens. You're still going to be trying to get up and down for pars, right? A par is a par. Whereas on the other course, you know, it's going to be a little more difficult to get it close for birdies, which is it's something that I'm trying to grapple with too, because I can also see an easier course playing easier in tougher conditions. You know, like it's a 50 50 thing. So mm -hmm. if you do both, I can see it happening. I totally can. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you went with a different aspect there. I, I appreciate that. Um, Ryan Palmer, 7,500 bucks. Guy's got course history through the roof. I think he, he, he doesn't look too popular. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people, um recognize unless you know if you're just clicking his name without looking at any research you're not going to realize the guy just is an absolute beast on that north course and he's like right up there with john rom with st scoring average on that golf course which is nuts dude um i'm a big big fan of nick hardy 7400 he is my guy he's one of the elite iron players in this field hits it pretty far off the tee too so when he's going to be in the fairway hitting those those approach shots from 200 yards, 175. This guy is just an absolute 
beast, man. And I'm kind of obsessed with him right now. Emiliano Grillo is another guy I typically roll with, but he's just, I don't know. I follow this injury report guy on Twitter and he said, mm -hmm. Grillo, you know, like that's a great, great follow. Um, I wish I'd known that before I put John Ho in 30% of my lineups last week, but it is what it is. Um, Will Gordon's another guy who's quite popular down here, has made a lot of cuts this year. Hits it a million miles as well. So he fits his golf course really nicely. So if you want to put Will Gordon in your in your lineup, you can't necessarily play a Tony Finau and a Max Homer to start off with. Or maybe you can, like whatever you want to do. But um, he's an interesting player. I think he's going to be very popular. And and that's why I kind of like a Nick Hardy kind of right underneath him there in the salary range. Um, so, yeah. Is there anybody that you kind of in the mood for in the 7K range yeah, that outside of um, Taylor Pendrith? Uh, a little bit of woodland. Okay. I mean, the Wind, the Wyndham Woodland lineups are going to. I mean, just re rewind what I said about Wyndham and then say it about Gary Woodland and then play that again, I guess. Okay. Same, <laughs> so, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. He does hit the ball quite far. It's a little bit of accuracy issues, but, um, you know, the, the course fit and where I have him, I think we're going to be fine. His ownership should be, I mean, it very much should be sub 10. More of an uh, give me a bomber with low ownership kind of play. Yeah, cool. And if you're looking for a, a guy like that as well, I think a little Trey Molinax is not a bad play either. He's got a very similar type of thing. Jacks it off the tee, putts nicely, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then Dean Burmester, my South African boyke. I think he's he's a long hitter as well. And um, very tidy it, Wasn't he carrying a little bit of an injury or is he fine? Yeah, he, he broke his toe over New Year's. You know, us South Africans, we go hard at the paint down there. And, yeah. Um, must have been doing a keg stand and kicked someone in the tooth or something, but broke the toe, went and played the Amex, finished just fine. Guy went on a bit of a heater early on, so he's definitely able to swing. I don't know how walking four rounds of golf, you know, you kind of if it's not your if it's not ball, your but... big toe, it's it's probably fine. Like if yeah. you break a one of your smaller toes, like uh, you break a big toe, you're gonna be walking funny for a while. Yeah. But... Uh, if it's a smaller toe, and they, yeah, like you said, he appeared to be just fine. I know I almost clicked him, like, should I bet against this guy just because he has a broken toe? And I didn't. And then I went and looked at his score later that day. I'm like, oh my God. Well, yeah, I saved uh, whatever money I was going to bet on that because he uh, kind of went nuts that day. Yeah. And um, then falls down the board. I don't think he's very comfortable on American leaderboards right now. So um, I'm, it's kind of a, a dart, but who else you like? Get him back on the Sunshine Tour. Give yeah. him some confidence. <laughs> um, cheap, cheap, cheap. And truthfully, like, I mean, th there's other guys in this range, but uh, I mean, for like some fillers on my spendy high ownership lineups, like I said, that start with Rom and Rom, Jesus Christ, Andy. Uh, you know, start with start with Tony and somebody else popular in that 9K range, like with the, the Woodland and Wyndham stuff. Like I said, hey, do you hit the ball 310 yards plus on average? Is your ownership going to be under 10? Yeah, you're in the pool, buddy. Like, and, you're going in those lineups. Yeah. So, are you not and, a historically bad putter as well? Like, yeah, okay. up. yeah, yeah, speaking, but even that, that, that's fine, you know. Like, actually, you can get away with that. Willie Z, Luke List, two yeah. guys in the okay. playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah, Luke, look, yeah, it was the, the ultimate the team can't putt playoff, but yeah, Cam, Cam Percy doesn't fit that, and he's a lot cheaper, too, though. Like, this is a guy where he's just played so well here. The two years he didn't play, um you know we had what 20 and 21 it was like the this is what you love out of like a, a 6k guy make the cut finish like 30th or something it'd be awful great if you had a little more upside but just so good t to green here 
he is a decent enough ball striker, um, fairly accurate. And I mean, I'm trying to say nice things of a guy that's priced this far down. And that's, that's maybe the extent of it, but Cam, Cam Percy is like my, my fill in to get me a, you know, if I, if I want to go a little higher in the sevens on some of these spots, because he is cheap. Yeah, he is. He's, he's affordable and we're going to, you're going to need them. I think even just starting with Tony, you need a 6k guy too. So um, love some Cam Percy. He plays good golf, you know. Um, another guy that I'm eyeing out in this range is Kevin Streelman. He's got like sneaky good course history at this place, man. Um, 60, 6,800 bucks, 1% owned kind of thing. Love, 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 love Kevin Streelman. Austin Smotherman is another guy. And then Austin Cook. He is one of these guys that rounded the splits for the difficult courses, major-like courses versus normal. And Austin Cook is one of the guys that actually plays better on more, more difficult golf courses. And his game has also been getting better compared to what that baseline is that Ron's using. So you can take those numbers and like shift the scale a little bit, and Austin Cook's right up there, 6500 bucks. Nobody's going to play him. And then one more guy I want to mention is Ryan Brem. I'm taking an absolute fly on him. Yeah. Go take a peek at this guy's. Oh, he uh, set the tournament of champions, Byron. That means yes. he's a champion. He is a champion. And sort of. He was playing just fine at the tournament of champions until he lost nine strokes in one round. Um, but he does like one random blow up round, it seems, a, a tournament. But if you go and look at his stats since the tournament of champions, which is a very limited profile, but his game is completely different he was like losing at least one stroke around like all the time and now those last 12 or 14 rounds that you see there strokes gain total he's had one or two bad rounds but the rest of his other rounds have all been like positive he gained like two and a half strokes in, on the trot for one for one period of time there so he hits it a million miles as well and he's he's super cheap too i don't even know where he is on this thing i was just going to mention him but um and Brim is a casual $6,300. So yeah, I'm guessing wanna... he ain't eight. So you're, you're, you're going to get away. Yeah. He's, yeah. In, he's in the William McGirt territory, guys. So yeah, um, it's that or Dirt McGirt at that point. And God, somebody brought up Cole Hammer. Don't play. Um, I shouldn't say that because Cole Hammer is a bit of a streaky play. You can throw him in at that price. Um, this guy in the chat just bets a Cole Hammer outright every week. So. Cole Hammer. <laughs> yeah, one Cole Hammer hit. The Will Hammer. Newman, yeah, Will Newman will make some money. Um, yeah, down again, maybe the last few couple cheap guys that use it. And I do like Streelman. Um, sneaky, yeah. uh, not the longest stuff that he, middle of the pack, but really accurate. Um, good drives gained, which is a measure of, uh, like you said, it doesn't matter if it ends up in the, the absolute dead center of the fairway to the millimeter or if it ends up behind three trees, 30 feet behind a tent. If you end up with a green in regulation from that shot, it counts as a good drive gain. So that's yes. all, you know, second or third shots that end up in where, you know, whether it's a four or five that end up on a green, and he is top five in the field for that, which is speaks highly of, you know, first off your accuracy, but then combining it with a, a decent enough iron game to score. And in this case, for somebody like Streelman, scoring equals pars yes. because he is a $6,800 guy. You're not looking for him to probably win top 10 this tournament. He's just like, give me, boy, how if you could give me one bogey-free round, I would be, I'd be, uh, hats off to you. If you give me some birdie streaks or something nuts on the, on the North course, that'd be awesome as well. 
So yeah, Strillman's somebody I definitely like at that price range. And then not Smotherman. Always just been a Smotherman guy. He's a guy. He's God. He's going to find my way into some cards. A little above average driving too, but he's just somebody that with form, he had a nice season. It was just uh, a nice season without ever threatening, I guess. Yes. You know what his best, you know what his best finish was last year? 12th. 11th. You were close. And it was at the Farmers. Oh wow! So, okay, yeah. there we go. So this is his best tournament of the year. And he's he's awful cheap for a guy who he played well here. He played well at Pebble. You know, he he had mm-hmm. some near top twenties in a few other places. He finished twenty fifth, like four different times. That's very odd to have, be right on that number, but that is weird. Um, he he's somebody as well. I'm targeting in that range. Cool. I also want to mention in that vein, Peter Malmati. If you're looking, and Ron's he taught me a little tip trick slash whatever you want to call it if you are trying to figure out who to play in the 6k range lean on guys that have good course history i don't know why it's just it seems like Mm -hmm. it works for him especially in the lower ranges because these guys are so hit and miss if they have a a course that suits them that's typically where they play well and peter monardi um not as consistent a course history as like kevin streelman but the last two starts he's had have been sub 30 um, he's made the cut and finished, I think, like 17th or something. And um, he's played some good golf at this venue. So Peter Malnati is another guy, 6,300 bucks. If you're looking for an absolute salary saver there, um, Peter Malnati is the guy um, that I'm going to be playing a little bit. You can throw Ryan Brem and Peter Malnati in there. The same same go. <laughs> yeah. And, and two, that's a, it's another thing. Like if you're looking at somebody in the 6K range, that has good horse history. It might just be the fact that they have course history at all. There's a bunch of these guys that just like, I've never played here because I'm yeah. new or I'm bad or I'm, you know, a middling guy that's up and down. So, I mean, just if, it, if they have good hist course history they've and they've played here a few times, that really is something for a six K guy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in on board with that too. So that's kind of, that's kind of my vibe down here. I don't think I'm going to be playing too many dudes. I think going with the balance build this week is, is something I'm looking forward to. A little Aaron Badley action as well at 7K flat is another guy's want to mention as I scroll up here. But yeah, that's uh, that's about it from my side. I, I don't really have too much else to to really give out there. I think we, we covered a lot of a lot of dudes and and it's going to be Carl Hammer week here per Will Newman. Um, all the best there, brother. Hopefully it's uh, it comes through for you. Uh, someone needs to beat John this week, so why not Carl Hammer? It's it's a lot funnier when Cole Hammer finishes dead last to me, honestly, for Newman. So I'm I'm fine with Cole Hammer having a bad day, but I won't have I won't probably have him in my builds. So. No, now no, now I actually have to like. Oh, it's going to be late tonight too. This is and you know what the beauty of West Coast golf is. What is what is the earliest tea time tomorrow for? Uh, I know. Hey, everyone, everyone. We've Damn. all been reminded it does start a day early, yeah. but we're still at. West Coast time. So the beauty of this is the earliest tea times are 10, 10 a.m. Mountain, 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. Eastern, yeah. So uh, lock, lock is not going to be before you wake up in the morning for most yes, of you. Yes, that is very nice. So you, you have time. Yeah. Not only you, 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 don't, you don't just have time to tinker. You have time to actually build entries build. in the morning if <laughs> yeah. you want to. So if you don't get it tonight, you have a little time in the morning. Like I said, tea times don't start till noon Eastern. You have yeah, you have a few hours in the morning to goof around with it at work. Yes. But make sure you don't hit that snooze because I've I've done it many times where 
on Saturday, I woke up and I, I entered the same lineup for 20 different lineups because I, I missed it by half an hour. It jumped, the tee times jumped half an hour early on Saturday for some weird reason. But hey, that's my own fault. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, so 25% off at Betsburts Golf, thanks to Ron taking down a GPP for 25K. Ron sitting on the couch just laughing at us for not playing any John Rahm this week. He's going to do it again, most likely. But hey, Andy, I like our strategy this week. So um, I think yeah, I think we'll be uh, we'll be buying a boat to park next to Ron's boat on the on the lake this summer. That's what we it. do. We're, we're Midwestern guys. That's what we do. We waste money <laughs> on boats. So yeah, good job again to Ron for cashing in with Rom. Good job to him. $25 off a full year subscription, betspurtsgolf.com. And Ron is very busy working on our newest tool. He is doing a ton of testing. He'll be back on the show eventually here once we get yeah. uh, uh, once we get squared away and we end up, uh, you know, a few weeks here, we're going to get into the meat of the golf season where people stop paying attention to football and really give golf the love it deserves. Yeah, no, it's already started, you know, since the new year. You can tell just by looking at likes and stuff on Twitter. But oh, um, God. Yeah, it's it's a ghost town uh, in the fall, man. It's brutal. So, yeah, the swing season will never be yeah. cool. Yeah, it's rough. But that's that. So, the Farmers Insurance open this week. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Um, good luck. Let's take down another one, Andy. We got to, we got to, we got to keep rolling, boy. So, yeah, that's what we do. Let's do it. Awesome source. All right, guys. Catch you guys next week for Pebble, I think. So we out of here. Sounds right.